So Money Episode 290, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Creating opportunities by starting your own business is one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself. However, it can also be overwhelming at times. The secret to getting more done isn't about finding more time, but rather finding the right tools. Our friends at FreshBooks couldn't agree more. FreshBooks has created an amazingly simple invoicing tool designed for small business owners who need to focus on their work, not their paperwork. Oh, and invoicing is only the start. FreshBooks lets you know instantly when your client has viewed your invoice and even imports your expenses directly from your business checking account. Get ready to say goodbye to searching for receipts when it comes to tax time. If you do have questions, just contact the award-winning FreshBooks support team and get help from real live humans. No phone tree, no let me escalate that, just helpful service at the drop of a hat. To try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash so money and enter so money in the how did you hear about us section. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Well, ahead of introducing today's wonderful guest, I have to quickly share with you the charity fundraiser and competition that's going to be going on all month here at So Money, the entire month of November, in tandem with a charity fundraiser forward slash competition going on with Joe Saul Sihai's podcast, Stacking Benjamins. And to tell us all about that, I brought on Joe. And Joe, here you go. What, take the mic. You, you invited me onto this little fundraiser of yours, and I'm I'm excited, but also a little nervous. Farnish, I'm way excited that we're doing this together. You know, uh, we can raise a bunch of money for charity. And I love this at the end of the year with Thanksgiving. For people in the United States, we end the month of November with uh, Thanksgiving. And I thought, what a great way for our community to help another community that might need it. So we are going to be raising money for the Texas 4000, which is a 4,000 mile bike ride that University of Texas students take to raise money for cancer research and, and cancer-related causes. Uh, I know that they give a lot of money to MD Anderson Hospital, one of the premier uh, cancer treatment clinics in the United States in Houston, Texas. And then they also give it to worthwhile uh, research facilities around the nation. So we're going to be raising money at, at, at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Texas 4000. And it's cool because our organization, Farnoosh, has a lot in terms of where the money goes a lot in common with who you're raising money yes. for. Talk about that for a minute. Well, thank you. That was a nice transition. So uh, I have chosen, our team here at So Money has chosen the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, near and dear to my heart as well, because I was a part of this when I was in college. It's the Penn State IFC Panhellenic Dance Marathon. It's affectionately known as THON, and it's a year-long effort to raise money and awareness for the fight against pediatric cancer. It's raised over over $125 million for the Four Diamonds Fund at Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital. And next year's THON 2016 is what we are fundraising for now. And that will be taking place February 19th through the 21st. It's a 46-hour dance marathon. I did it and I survived. It was 
life altering, but of course, it's for an amazing, tremendous, and important cause. Thon.org forward slash so money. Thon.org forward slash so money is where you can go to contribute. I know it's high season for canning, and this is a way to join in on the fun. Anything you can do, know that it will be well spent. Over 95% of funds go to the families. That's so great. And the writer that we're writing for, uh, who's writing in the Texas 4000, her name is Shelby Schreiber. Her father was a single dad raising her farnoosh. And when she was in high school, he started feeling bad, went to the doctor. It turned out he had terminal cancer and he passed away when she was just in high school. Hmm. So here she is without a dad. And now she decided she's going to ride this 4,000 mile bike ride in honor of him. And they spend no money on the bike ride. Uh, All the food along the way, all the housing along the way is donated. So I love these organizations, but stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Texas four zero zero zero. And I hope together we can raise a lot of money. I think we will. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. It is Friday. Thank God. Oh, it's been a very long week. A long, long, I guess, couple months. You know, I've been transitioning back into my apartment after the renovations, after subletting two different places. It's been quite the uh, August, September, October, November for us. And I'm just happy to say that I'm back in my home, back in my real bedroom. Uh, TMI, recording Ask Farnoosh uh, this uh, Friday for you. And I wanted to just give you a few updates on my end. First is, as you've probably uh, just heard, we have a sponsor, our first sponsor, FreshBooks. I'm a big fan of FreshBooks and so really excited that they approached the show to be our inaugural sponsor. And they're going to be on the show uh, from time to time. That's right. This podcast is all grown up. We are officially a big boy, big girl now. So so we, that means, well, you know, we got to act like it and um, we have sponsors. So I hope that you'll be okay with that. And I promise that it's always going to be someone that uh, we can respect. And I also want to say that I'm looking for a guest to be on my show and I like to crowdsource this. So if you're listening, this might be you. And if it is, let me know. Let's get in touch. So I'm looking for someone who has recently triumphantly paid off their student loan debt and the bigger the balance, the better. If you paid off, let's say, 80, 90, 100,000 or more in student loans recently, I want you to email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. What's recently? Oh, in the last year, two years. Let me know what you did, how you did it, and why you would be a great guest to have on the show. And the reason I'm asking for this is because I'm planning a whole week around college, financial aid, and student loans in the very near future, and I would love your help. So yeah, so just wanted to get put that out there, put that in the universe, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. Looking forward to hopefully hearing from some of you. All right, let's turn to our questions now. We've got a lot to get through. First with Elizabeth, she says, you got you to hear this. She says, hey, Farnoosh, several months ago, you gave me some great advice on how to handle expenses with my boyfriend while he's earning his PhD in, me- in biomedical sciences. Well, we ended up living on campus to take advantage of low rent in New York. Now, I often travel internationally for work and would like to bring my boyfriend with me on a combined work and vacation trip to Ireland. Well, he was very upset at the idea of sitting in coach while I would be traveling in business class. Is keeping my business class ticket unreasonable or should I opt for a coach ticket to sit with him? I was surprised that he would react so strongly. My female colleagues have experienced the same reaction from their significant others. Any advice? 
Well, Elizabeth, I do not think that keeping your business class ticket is unreasonable. I mean, I can understand if he's upset because he's going to be sitting by himself on the flight. It's obviously more fun to be with you, to be side by side. But if the reason you're able to go on this business slash vacation trip in the first place is thanks to your job and maybe the hotel is included, then by golly, he should be not upset, not concerned. He should be grateful. Okay. And you should be able, my dear, to enjoy business class because you earned it. Am I sounding like Susie Orman right now? I'm sorry. You, girlfriend, should not. (laughs) That was even worse. Listen, enjoy it. The fact is that some men are intimidated by women's success. And I don't know if this is what's going on in his brain, but he may feel metaphorically left behind by sitting in coach. He may feel unimportant. You got to get to the bottom of this and just flat out ask him if you haven't already, what's the big deal? And if he's got a big deal about it, these are not your issues. These are his issues. And it's not like you sat him there and told him to have a time out and coach, right? If, by the way, he wants to sit in first class, he's able to. You know, he could go and pay for his own upgrade out of his own pocket. Because, by the way, I'm assuming he's getting some freebies out of this trip because it's you know, being uh, done in conjunction with your business trip. I mean, I got maybe it's hotels included or your flights included. Um, so don't for one second feel bad about this. That's all I want to say. If he continues to put you down over this and maybe some other things, it's really time for a serious conversation. And you can read between my words there. Okay. So I wish I had a better take on this, but I just don't, I don't like this. So ask him what's wrong. And don't for a second feel bad, okay? Be uh, He should be grateful and you should be able to enjoy your success. Allison says, I love you. Wow, thank you. I love you too, Allison. She says, I listen every day. But I have to say, you don't exactly appeal to the common folk. The only reason I say that is you almost always interview millionaires and billionaires. I'm neither. Yet I own my own business. I own my own home. I own a rental property, own all my assets, career, equipment, real estate. I fund a retirement account. I'm basically your common everyday American, yet under the age of 40 and have no debt and many assets. My question to you would be, have you ever considered interviewing someone that appealed to a common business woman that can relate to others? I have so many moments, yet I still have questions and can learn from others every day. But sometimes they are just too far out of my league. Please advise. Much thanks. Well, Allison, well, I love you too. And thank you for listening every day. But what billionaires have I interviewed? That's my first question. I haven't. I haven't interviewed any billionaires. Uh, There aren't actually that many billionaires in the world, and I'm certain none of them have been on my show. Yes, there have been lots of millionaires. Um, But I also have interviewed, I will stand up for myself and say that I've interviewed lots and lots of successful business owners who earn well into the six figures, and they uh, have a lot of the accomplishments that you describe that you have. And in fact, I did a whole week on Millionaires Next Door. And these are people kind of like you. Maybe you're not a millionaire yet, but these are folks who have a million or more in assets and they are under the radar. You know, they're not your Tony Robbins and your Robert Kiyosaki's and your David Box of the world, but they're people living really relatively simple lives 
not flashy, but have done exceptionally well with their financial life like you have. So I would check out episodes 72 through 76 if you haven't already and give those a listen and then let me know what you think. Because I do think that this show in many ways does appeal to the common folk. Um, I did a survey of my listeners and, and polled them and realized, you know, most of these people are not making millions of dollars. They're a lot of them are like you, you know, they do very well, they're educated, they have assets, and they're looking to do better, go from good to great to excellent. And I think that, uh, I think just give the podcast, I mean, you listen every day, you said, so I don't know what else to tell you, but I will take this into account. I think the Millionaire Next Door series was really successful. I'm going to bring it back in 2016. So stay tuned for that. And if there's anybody that you want me to interview, I open the floor to suggestions. Who would you like to hear from? So let me know in the next uh, week, perhaps uh, some names and I'll uh, try my best to get out and reach out to those people. Okay. Thanks, Allison. Okay. We got a question from Rachel now. She says, I'm hoping that you can give me some advice geared toward a millennial in survival mode due to a rough start in life combined with poor life choices. I'm a 28 year old who for the past few years is attempting to quote unquote, get it together. The only financial advice I can relate to in comparison to my situation is usually geared toward students just starting or finishing up college. I, however, did not go to college. I work at an entry-level job to simply afford housing and the necessities. I have no debt, but I break even financially every month, and I feel as though I will never get ahead. Is there a blueprint on spending, saving life moves to help the hopefuls like me that feel they have had a really late start? I need a financial life game plan. Thanks. Well, Rachel, I want you to inhale and then I want you to exhale, okay? You're 28, you're not a late bloomer. I understand you've made some choices that you're not exceptionally happy about, but uh, that's that happens in your 20s. You know, I think that you wanna appreciate the work that you've done, the, the fact that you've gotten this far, that you have no debt, and I think that your situation is common in some ways in that, you know, in your 20s, you kind of don't always know what you want to do. You feel as though you're working a job you're not happy in. And while you don't have debt, you don't really know how to get above living paycheck to paycheck. So here's what I would like you to to think about. This is, you're asked for a game plan. So my first action step is this. Ask yourself, what kind of a life do I want? Where do I want to be in a year? You know, do some soul searching. Start by assessing your job and how you're spending your days. How are you taking advantage of the hours you're not working to plan, to research, to experiment, to be healthy, to get ahead? It's not going to happen overnight, but I think that at this age, at this stage, you really want to start thinking deeply about where you want to end up in the future and what makes you happy and really go for it. And it doesn't matter that you didn't go to college because nowadays there's so much work that's skill oriented, that's skill based, that they don't care, you know, what your GPA at this stage, you know, you're 28, 29. It's, it's no longer about proving to people that you did well in school, but it's about what you're doing, what your knowledge base is, what your experience is. And so it sounds to me like, you're not making enough. You're not exactly working the job of your dreams. So change it. 
And like I said, just because you didn't go to college doesn't mean you can't have a great career and do something you love. So set a career goal and do what you have to do to get there. And maybe it means taking an online course or three, reading some extra books, joining a few clubs, all of the above. And sometimes, you know, people start taking on some extra work on the weekends to bring in that additional income to help them break the paycheck to paycheck cycle, but additionally help them kind of experiment with other lines of work. And I'm going to give you a couple site recommendations. I've mentioned these on the site, on the, excuse me, the podcast before, TaskRabbit, Upwork.com. These two sites might be able to help you find some side gigs in your field. Browse these sites and see if anything clicks. And then once you have some extra cash to play with, it's really about setting up automatic savings, 10% of your income towards retirement, 10% towards a rainy day. And I would say save, save, save for the rainy day slash emergency until you have about six months. And make sure that you have the proper insurances. That's the other really important part of the foundation of a solid financial life. You want to make sure that you have health insurance, that you have, uh, if you have dependents, that you have life insurance, that maybe even have renter's insurance and use credit wisely to maintain a healthy credit score. Because in the future, when you go to build upon your financial life with a house and maybe a business or a car, your, your credit score will matter. So don't ignore that. This is not rocket science. You're definitely not late to this game, but you got to start planning and you have to start really tapping into yourself a little bit more deeply to figure out who you are, what you want to do, and then just freaking go for it. You know, why not? What do you have to lose? Really? What do you have to lose? I think that one of the joys and advantages of being 28 is and perhaps single too, and you don't have kids, it's that you can just do whatever you want. You can be selfish, you know, go after your dreams. And so that's what I would say should be your game plan. Kevin says, I currently make a low six-figure salary. In addition, I'm going to make about $3,000 in money from a self-employment side gig that I do. I also have about $17,500 in student loan debt at a 1.94% variable interest rate. Would it make sense for me to up my contribution to my 401k for the remaining two months to an extra three grand in order to lower my tax liability on my side gig income? Now, in order to do this, I would have to reduce my payments on my student loan by the same corresponding amount. That is, reduce my student loan payment from $2,500 a month to $1,000 a month for those two months. So, Kevin, I think that contributing to retirement is smart. And just based on the interest math, in the long run, your return on that $3,000 in retirement savings, I'm not a fortune teller, but I'm pretty sure will yield more than 1.94% over the long haul, 20 plus years, 30 years. And I like this idea of having a financial balancing act, tending to both of these financial goals, paying down your loans and saving for retirement at the same time. If you can, If you can do it, you should. Now, keep in mind that with student loan payments, the interest is usually tax deductible. So you're not going to get as big of a tax deduction there. But I'm pretty sure that your interest on the student loans is far less than $3,000. So either way you look at it, paying towards retirement is a, a smart move. And it's not like you're abandoning your student loans. You're just reducing them for now so that you can commit to retirement. And I think getting in now when you're young, very, very, very important. So I think you're on the right track. 
Adrian says, what asset allocation should I use for my Roth IRA? I invest in a 401k as well using a target fund that is 80%-ish stocks. I'm 26. Should I do the same for my Roth IRA or do something less risky? I am currently investing in the Vanguard Wellington Fund, which is 60% stocks. What fund or strategy would you suggest? Thanks. Love the show. Well, Adrian, I cannot give a specific investment strategy or fund. But I will say that at age 26, you can't afford to take on more risk relative to someone who's older. And a target date fund with 80% stocks sounds appropriate to me. I don't think you need to do anything dramatically different with the Roth IRA as far as allocation. For specific advice, though, I think you want to talk to a financial advisor. And it doesn't mean you have to sign up for life with a financial advisor to get some simple feedback on this or that they're going to take a percentage of your assets. A lot of financial advisors, in fact, mine included, will actually meet with new potential clients or just anyone off the street for free in an initial meeting to kind of evaluate your investment portfolio and give you what they call a second opinion that's free of charge. So do that. Take advantage of that and get the second opinion so that you can feel more comfortable. But I don't think that you have to do anything necessarily different with the Roth IRA. I think that at 26, you can be aggressive. 80% stocks sounds good in my book and a lot of uh, financial advisors and financial analyst books. Eric says, and this is our last question, Love the show, Farnoosh. Hoping you can help me with some advice on a whole life policy my parents purchased for me as a kid in 1987. Uh, from everything I've read, term life is a much better option, and I have $370,000 of term coverage through my job. I'm married, and I have a three-year-old son. The whole life policy is at a point where the dividends offset the annual premium, so it's costing me nothing at this point, and the death benefit is only $30,000. I borrowed $4,000 from it six years ago to help with a down payment on my home, and haven't paid the loan back yet, which I'm paying eight percent interest on a year, but I'm about to pay it back in full. Is it worth keeping this policy and should I get more term coverage? Thanks. Appreciate the great advice. Well, Eric, I don't off the bat see any real harm in keeping the policy if it's costing you nothing. Uh, But as you've learned, borrowing from the policy is not cheap. 8% interest is crazy high. And so pay back that loan ASAP. I do suggest getting more term life insurance. More importantly, the rule of thumb to getting a policy, term life policy, is about uh, you want it to total eight to 10 times your salary. So you may need to go outside your employer to buy extra coverage. A lot of times employers give you some, but it's often not enough if you are married and you have kids and other dependents. So shop around online. And I actually like a new site that's called Policy Genius. Dot com And there you can compare rates from a lot of different insurance companies, many of the top ones. And what I like about the site is, one, it's beautiful. It's very simple, easy to use. It's not crowded. It's easy on the eyes, user-friendly to the T. But more importantly, you know, a lot of insurance sites that show you different quotes will take your information and sell that to multiple insurance brokers, agents, who will then stalk you. (laughs) Email, phone calls, it doesn't end. And Policy Genius does not do that. The site works with you personally. And as a parent, I think term life insurance should be at the top of your financial to-do list. Don't waste any more time. Thanks, everyone. 
That was a lot. And I hope that I was helpful. Eric, Adrian, Kevin, Rachel, Allison, Elizabeth, thank you so much for your excellent questions. I just want to give you an update too on our charity competition that we're doing with Joe Salcihai of Stacking Benjamins. You know, I think we're, uh, we're lagging, ladies and gentlemen. I think that Joe is definitely in the lead. I'm not going to say by how much, but um, it's a lot. It's a lot. So if you have some spare change, if you have a desire to donate this year and perhaps want to give to a children's charity, THON is what we have designated here at So Money as our November charity. You can go to thon.org forward slash so money. That's HTTP colon forward slash forward slash THON. No www. Just go to THON org forward slash so money. We have a designated website there where you can go and donate. And the winner of the charity drive in November, hoping it's us, will be able to write the introduction to the other podcasts uh, podcast in January. So basically that means that if I lose, I have to read a really stinky intro to my podcast in January. And we don't want that to happen. So help a girl out, okay? Just whatever you can. Five cents, five dollars, fifty dollars. I will love you and will really appreciate it. So if you're going to do that, make sure to also email me so I know and I can send you a smiley face and a thank you. It's farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. All right, everyone. I hope you have a splendid weekend. Hope it's so money. Money.